January 18th and also Martin Luther King Jr. Day so I wanted to take time to acknowledge MLK for his bravery his leadership and his service in the face of adversity during the time of the civil rights movement with that being said let's get right into it on today's episode we're going to be talking about James Harden and the trade to the Brooklyn Nets the winners and losers in that trade what it means for the rest of the NBA who I think can actually beat this team and my thoughts and opinions on that trade Lastly, on the show, we're going to be talking about, of course, my beloved New York Knicks in my Knicks and Dime segment. So let's get right into it. This past week, James Harden was finally sent to the Brooklyn Nets, as he wished, from the Houston Rockets. The Houston Rockets managed to get a bunch of first-round picks and some pick swaps. The Pacers were able to get Karis LeVert in that trade, and the Cleveland Cavaliers were able to get Jared Allen. Now, who do I think won that trade come on man we all know who really won that trade but there's a huge asterisk on that trade for me um obviously the brooklyn nets won the trade with an asterisk and that asterisk means that they need to win a championship this season they need to win a championship this season and if not this season next season without a doubt if they do not win a championship they lost 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 that trade because i think brooklyn was already solid i think brooklyn was already the favorites coming out the east and you basically gutted your team to get james harden so i think of course you got kyrie james harden and kevin Durant on the same team now that's lit but they better produce a championship this season or next season or this whole thing was a complete loss for them so moving forward, the the second place, I guess, winners in this trade were the Houston Rockets because they were the ones that got a plethora of first-round picks, including Victor Oladipo, Dante Exum, and Rodion's Karuks. So I think that if they can manage to turn those draft picks into some quality players, I think that the Houston Rockets won this deal because they already had a, a pretty competitive team you know, if all the guys on the team right now manage to stay healthy, right? You got a guy like John Wall. You got Christian Wood, who's going to be in the sixth man, of the, I mean, not sixth man, most improved conversation this year. You got DeMarcus Cousins. And you you have a, a solid core to go forward with, you know, and you add a guy like Victor Oladipo. Granted, all these guys are coming back from major, from major injuries, excluding Christian Wood. But I think you have a lot to work with. And even if they don't, even if they're not competing for a playoff spot this season, I think that Houston Rockets have set, the, set themselves up to be, you know, pretty good moving forward. Obviously, they're going to be in rebuild mode if things don't work out. But 
I think that things can really, really work out for them if they can manage to draft well in the next four years. The next eight years, actually. The Pacers got Karis LeVert in this trade, which I was excited about until I heard the unfortunate news that they found apparently a small mass in his kidney. For those who don't know what that means, it means that Karis LeVert may or may not be dealing with some form of cancer, but I'm not a professional, so I don't want to say speak that on him. I'm obviously going to get more details about that myself and hopefully share with you guys in another episode. So before I heard that news, I thought that the Indiana Pacers definitely got a great deal. They were able to get rid of Victor Oladipo, who, who probably wanted to be traded, even though he said he didn't. I think that he probably wanted to be traded, and they managed to get a future all-star in Karis LeVert. So hopefully Karis LeVert can get everything in order, get well soon, prayers up for him, and hopefully he can come back and continue bowling like he was bowling in Brooklyn before this trade happened. Jared Allen was a great pickup for the Cleveland Cavaliers to appear, well not necessarily appear, but to join that young team of Colin Sexton, Darius Garland, you know, you just drafted Isaac Okoro, a great defender. So I think pairing him with another defender in Jared Allen is going to be great for Cleveland. I think they already have a great team. I think right now they're sitting in the 7th or 8th spot in the East. So, you know, adding great room protection like that is going to be good for them. Obviously, they have Andre Drummond and Kevin Love over there, but I'm pretty sure all those guys are not going to be here um, by the trade deadline. So, yeah, man, like I said, I think that the Brooklyn Nets obviously won that trade. Being able to keep Kyrie Irving on the team with Kevin Durant and James Harden, I think they won. But they need to win a championship as soon as possible or else they completely lost. Also, I think that the Rockets, all, while, they were met, while they were able to get all these picks, they were able to get rid of a cancer like James Harden in the locker room. Now, when I say cancer... I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying like James Harden is just a bad player or a bad teammate, but what Houston had going on over there, if James Harden was to stay, I think they would have been pretty good. But because he didn't want to stay, he was starting to really disrupt the locker room. You could see it. Uh, you could hear it in the frustration in the players' voices, like DeMarcus Cousins and John Wall. It was really just starting to you know, mess with the locker room chemistry. So they had no choice but to get rid of him. So I think they won in that aspect as well as getting rid of somebody that was just going to ruin a season for you guys where you can actually make some noise. So that was another W for the Houston Rockets. Now, what does this mean for the rest of the league? Me, in my opinion, I guess I might as well just share that now. I wasn't really a big fan of this trade now. Don't get don't get don't get it wrong. Don't get me wrong. I'm excited to watch it. You know, as much as I'm a Knicks fan, you get to we get to see James Harden, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant on the same team. It's like watching all stuff basically. So I'm super excited about that part. But in terms of what it means for the league, I think we finally just got to a point where, you know, the, the NBA felt balanced again. When when Kawhi Leonard decided that he wasn't going to go to the Los Angeles Lakers and he was going to go to the Clippers, right? And obviously he got Paul George to go with him. I felt like we went back to NBA players or NBA teams having duos, right? You had Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. You had LeBron and Anthony Davis. You have uh, Nikola Jokic, Demol Murray, Dame CJ. I can go down a line of a whole bunch of great duos in the NBA. And that was looking like the trend again. So I was really excited about that. So I feel like James Harden going to Brooklyn 
just shifted the culture again. I feel like now teams are going to have to start stacking the deck again because how many teams are going to be able to compete with a team like Brooklyn? How many teams are going to be able to, on, on a nightly basis, be able to stop three guys that could potentially go for 50, like, without even sweating, right? Any one of those guys on any given night could just go off. And you can't double now. So everybody got to just take their beating like a man. You got to just stay in just guard Kyrie one-on-one. You got to stay in guard James Harden one-on-one because if you try to, if you try to double, who are you leaving open? Kevin Durant? Come on, that's not happening. So I think that teams are going to have to start changing things up again. I think that you're going to see teams like the Lakers going after, which they probably were already doing, but going after a guy like Bradley Bill now, for real. Uh, you're going to see teams like the Philadelphia 76ers, who could probably go after a guy like Bradley Bill right now, too. And like, you're going to see the big threes again. I think the big three is going to become a trend again because it's something like this. So I think that, you know, I really enjoyed what the what the NBA was doing in terms of the duo trend again. So I think Brooklyn really just shook it up a little too much for me. But at the same time, I am really excited to see. I'm actually watching a game as, as I record today. I'm recording kind of late. So I'm actually watching a Brooklyn Nets versus the Milwaukee game right now. And the game is pretty pretty close. Anyway, uh, who do I think can actually beat this Brooklyn team? If I'm being completely frank with y'all, I don't really see a team in the East that's beating Brooklyn in the, in the best of seven series. I think that you have teams that can compete with them in terms of they could win a game. They could win a game for sure. Like, on any given night, any team could win a game. But trying to find a way to stop Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden every night is just not... I just don't see how it is going to be. Who in the East could stop them? Philadelphia, I think, has a really good shot because they have a Ben Simmons and they have a Joel Embiid. I think that Brooklyn is going to struggle down low. Even though they have a guy like DeAndre Jordan, I think that they're going to struggle down low with an elite uh, center like Joel Embiid. But in the same breath, I think that Brooklyn's going to outscore every team. I don't think there's going to be a team that can score more than Brooklyn. So that's why I think that Mike D'Antoni might finally, finally have some success as a coach in terms of winning a championship. Like this is the closest Mike D'Antoni is going to get to his offense, his seven-second offense or whatever that, you know, they, they're trying to run over there because this is the most offensive it gets. How many how many scoring championships does Kevin Durant and James Harden have combined? I can't think of the number right now, but I'm sure it's a lot. And then you get you add a guy like Kyrie Irving. It's just, I just feel like they're going to outscore a lot of teams. But at the same time, the only reason I feel like Brooklyn's going to have a problem is because I don't know where the defense is coming from. And in order for you to win, you need defense. But, we'll, but that's going to be left to be said because this is going to be the first time where defense might not necessarily be what wins them the championship if they if they win it. So I don't think that, you know, Philly's going to be the team to get it done. I think that Philly can give them problems, maybe, maybe get two games in the best of seven, but 
as of right now, I don't have Philly winning. Milwaukee, obviously you have a, a, a great defender in Giannis that you can match up well with Kevin Durant, but there's nobody in the world that can stop Kevin Durant. There's nobody in the world that can stop Kevin Durant. And I love the fact that they have Drew Holiday now to guard Kyrie, and you have Middleton to guard James Harden. But again, none of these guys are really, you're not stopping these guys. You could try to slow them down, but even if you slow one or two down, you're not going to be able to slow all three down every night. So it's going to be very tough. You're going to really have to rely on Brooklyn beating themselves if you're a team like Milwaukee because that's the only way they're going to lose. At least two of those guys have to be having a very bad night for you to be able to win because if Kyrie drops 30, James Harden drops 30, and Kevin Durant has a bad night, there's a really good chance you're probably going to still lose that game. So, like, anyway, I, I, let me not even beat around the bush anymore. The team that the only team that I necessarily think can beat them right now is the Lakers because of, one, the chemistry. I think that they have more defense than the Brooklyn Nets have. I think that the Brooklyn Nets are going to have a hard time dealing with a guy like Anthony Davis, even though I think Kevin Durant will probably match up with him. Um, I just don't feel like it's going to be enough, especially coming back from that Achilles injury. And even though he looks better than he he did when he you know before he got injured, it's, which is crazy to say, I just don't know how much Brooklyn's going to be able to hold up. You know, I'm hoping that they you know these guys can stay healthy, but right if you're relying on all these guys to play extreme offense and not as much defense, you're going to have a hard time stopping Lakers because Anthony Davis is going to just go off every night. And who's going to if you have Kevin Durant guarding him, Kevin Durant's not going to be able to guard Anthony Davis. And still be able to perform the way he's supposed to perform. So I'm not really sure. Maybe I'm maybe I'm bugging. Y'all can let me know when y'all when y'all listen to this episode. But yeah, I think the Lakers are the team that's going to be able to beat them. So if it, if it happens to be LA versus Brooklyn in the finals this year, I still think that's a loss for Brooklyn. Like Brooklyn has to beat the Lakers for me to consider them the winners in that trade between you know Houston and them. I think that they have to they have to win. And the Lakers are going to be a very tough matchup if they do make it to the finals. And I really just don't see them beating them at least this first round. But we'll see if I'm wrong, you know? This is what we have these recordings for. Y'all can let me know. Besides that, man, as a Knicks fan, it's tough. It's tough because, you know, we as Knicks fans, I have to I have to admit right now, Brooklyn has a really good chance of tying it up. Brooklyn New York has two championships. Right, we won them in the seventies. Right now, Brooklyn has a chance to to solidify themselves in these next few years. And I can't. And I, as much as I, as much as it pains me to say it, man, if Brooklyn manages to get two championships, we're gonna have a hard time. We're gonna have a hard time claiming New York is ours. And that's just, and that's just how I feel about it. Obviously, I'm always gonna be a diehard Knicks fan. But, you know, we'll recognize real. If Brooklyn wins the championships, then we got to give credit where it's due. And there's going to be a lot of new Brooklyn Nets fans coming out the woodworks. Oh, my God. I'm going to be very annoyed with it. But, hey, man, I, I got to be patient because I do know when we finally decide to get it right, everything's going to be straight. 
Um, and I guess this is a great way to segue into my Knicks and Dimes segment. Uh, the Knicks are currently sitting at the sixth spot in the Eastern Conference with a 7-8 and eight record. We're currently on a two-game winning streak, and I'm very happy about that because I initially thought that I was going to have to record this episode while the Knicks were on a, on a terrible losing streak. We just, we just got off a five-game losing streak. The final game of that streak was against the Cleveland Cavaliers, which I definitely think we should have won. So we should be on a three-game winning streak right now, but whatever. I digress. There's a lot of great things that's going on with the Knicks right now. Obviously, with 15 games in, I'm really, I'm pretty happy. I think that we could have been, you know, eight and seven, but I'm not, you know, disappointed with a seven and eight record. I think we have a lot of bright spots, a lot of things that I still think that we need to get, get in control of or get rid of, you know, for lack of a better term. Let me see a few things that I'm really excited about. R.J. Barrett, of course. This guy, I'm going to mention it. Until he finally makes the All Star team, I can't believe that he got snubbed as an you know on both All Rookie teams. In his last four games, these are his numbers in his last four games: twenty points, five rebounds, three assists; twenty points, four rebounds, three assists; nineteen points, eleven rebounds, three assists; twenty points, twenty re- I mean twenty points, ten rebounds, four assists. Now this is a guy that's you know coming off a of last season when he was averaging I believe like fourteen points, so the improvement is there. Right. Obviously, he's had a lot of nights where he just is not shooting right. And, I, and I've said this, I think, on the last show. I'm just not really confident in, in RJ's shot right now. But he's only 20. I'm, I'm sure he's going to continue to work. He's a gym rat, so he's going to continue to get better. And he's showing it in these games. And I've said this countless times. RJ's not a shooter, but he's a scorer. He's going to get points. He's going to score. And he's going to become more efficient as he continues to you know grow and develop under Tom Thibodeau, which I think he's continuing to do a great, great, great job with these guys. Another great bright spot that I'm I'm really enjoying is Emmanuel Quickly, IQ. My guy is really balling out over the last three games for Emmanuel Quickly. He's averaging 19 points, five assists on versus just one turnover, by the way. 2.3 rebounds and 2.7 made three-pointers while shooting 52% from the floor and 47% from downtown, 83% from the free throw line. Now, there's been a lot of talk about he needs to start, he needs to start. And initially, I was saying that this kid does not need to start right now. He's super young. But at this point, man, y'all already know how I feel about Alfred Payton. I never want him to be on the Knicks in the first place. But he's here, so we got to deal with him. And I'm, I try to show love to all my Knicks players, you know, whether I, I want you here or not. And I've tried to show love to Alfred Payton, but at this point, man, we really need to just give IQ the keys. I know Frank, I don't know what's going on with Frank right now. He hasn't played since like the first week, I guess. And I don't know if it's injury at this point or they're just holding him out. But I think that they need to just give the starting position to IQ. Um, I think he's great. His, his floater is just super, super like natural for him. He makes it look so easy. Like his soft touch and like I think that he's gonna become a very, very, very great player just because of that. His soft touch and his shooting is gonna keep him in the NBA. But I think that just besides that, that he is really good in terms of confidence and showing confidence and, and pace and playing with, you know, a good like I said, a good pace to his game to keep everybody involved. I think yesterday's game or no, actually I think today's game, he might have had eight assists. So, you know, if we continue to pump that confidence in him, 
I think he's going to continue to grow. I think he's going to continue to become a great point guard for us. So at this point, where we're 15 games in, we have about 50-something games left. I'm confident in giving him the keys. We recently got Obi Toppin back. You know, I was very, I guess, skeptical about what was going on with Obi. But, you know, he's back and he looked good. I'm really excited about what he brought to us in these last two games. Very confident of the pick and roll. Obviously, super athletic. So hopefully he stays healthy and we can continue to develop him this season and see what he's going to become. I love what I'm seeing from him. And obviously, Kevin Knox is a shooter, man. I wish I had the stats right now to show y'all what Kevin Knox is doing. I told y'all my boy was going to come out and be shooting this year. And in a corner, he is lights out. Every time he shoots it at this point, I'm confident that he's probably going to make it. And I love having that feeling when it comes to guys on my team like Kevin. I'm still not sold on Obi's shot yet. He has a very high arcing shot. I think he's gonna get it together, but he still needs to just get more confidence. Obi's shot is gonna it's gonna be better, but um I'm not really there yet with him. But Kevin for sure, he needs to be starting at the small forward position next to RJ because Reggie Bullock, as much as he he's he can be a good shooter, he's very inconsistent. He's been super inconsistent for me this season. And I'm completely confident with giving the keys to the young boys. That's what we have these guys here to develop and help develop the young boys. Put them in the game, man. Kevin Knox has shown to me at this point that he's earned it. He's going to have nights where he messes up, but we got to accept that, right? Especially if they're going to get better every game and they're playing defense. Kevin has been playing defense. RJ's playing amazing defense. IQ's playing defense. So it's not like these guys are not, you know, showing up on both ends of the court. So I think that at some point this season that they need to, you know, make those transitions. But obviously Tom Thibodeau knows what he's doing. So I'm going to leave it at that. And if I'm being completely honest with you guys, this episode took me a long, long time to record. I just wasn't really into it today for some reason. It's been a long weekend. So I think I'm going to cut it short today. Hopefully next week I'll feel a lot better and I'll have a lot more to talk about. I really just wanted to talk about the James Harden trade this week. So with that being said, I'm going to leave it at that. Thank you guys for listening. Of course, if you, you know, if you haven't yet, share this with your, share this with your friends. Share this with anybody else that likes talking basketball and let's keep the community growing. Until next episode, y'all. Later.